Welcome to the CIBC Private Wealth Management's Advisor Podcast. The market had its fair share of ups and downs in the past year. While we've had generally good news lately, there have been dramatic fluctuations, and some investors are concerned the Fed's persistent rise in interest rates could spell trouble for the economy. But how does the Fed's current policies compare to past actions? Historically, is the Fed out of line? To get answers, we spoke with Managing Director Gary Pasigi. This Fed is going very slowly, and the real uh, the policy rate, when measured compared to the, the core PCE uh, inflation rate, is positive only by about 20 or 25 basis points. It has been raising for a long time very slowly, and it's just now getting to the level of inflation. This is probably the uh, the meekest, least aggressive monetary uh, tightening cycle that we've seen. The Fed sees a very tight labor market. It sees the potential inflationary uh, impact of um, trade policy. It sees a, a, a very late cycle um, fiscal stimulus package, and it gets a little concerned. And so having a rising rate trajectory isn't unusual. Um, having it uh, in the light of no inflation right now is is puzzling for some people, but um, you know, you poll 10 economists and 8 out of 10 of them will tell you that uh, inflation is a lagging indicator and you really need to look forward. And, and I think uh, the, Fed is, the Fed is doing that. The Fed's looking at the potential for inflation from uh, current conditions down the road. And uh, it, you know, it's acting based on that because their rate increases react, uh, act with a, with a lag on the economy. It's, it's not a precise... Um, measure and therefore they they're using this policy of gradualism to um, as as a way to manage the risk of not knowing right. where the endpoint is on this on this rate we also asked gary about bonds with cash and money market yields moving higher why are we in bonds why are you in bonds when rates are rising well rates are rising the, the people who are increasing those rates don't know where they're taking them the odds of a mistake are high just in general when, when that's the case, but they increase as as the Fed does every move. And so at some point, the cost of capital is going to be too much, and it would be nice to own an asset that can um, preserve capital, and so that's why you own bonds. It's a diversifier. Changing topics, we explored the topic of emerging markets. After a very strong 2017, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index was down in 2018. So why are we allocating to emerging markets? Dan Delaney explains. I think when you talk about emerging markets, you need to be careful of your label. China is the second largest economy in the world, contributes about 15% to global GDP. So China is a very large economy. Uh, it contributes more growth to the global economy than the U.S. does in terms of just its share of the growth rate. And so. Well, it's an emerging market, it's the biggest component of the benchmark. And sort of along those lines, in terms of why we're allocating more uh, client dollars to the area, it, it's really that growth discussion. The Chinese government, the central government there, has for a long time driven their economic growth through uh, investment in infrastructure and, you know, roads and buildings and bridges and that sort of thing, rail lines. Three or four years ago, they sort of started to transition into more of a consumer-led economy. 
trying to drive consumer services, more like the U.S., where the consumer drives a larger portion of our GDP growth. So they've been investing in, in sort of uh, consumer friendly initiatives as well as healthcare and, and things like that. So the opportunity to participate in sort of that growth of the consumer, growth of uh, per capita income in China uh, is, is just a very good example of why you want to invest more in emerging markets over the long run, over a 10, 20 year period. Uh, because of that, that delta between, you know, what we have here in the U.S. in a mature economy and, uh, what they have there, uh, you know, I think that gap gets bridged, uh, as we look forward for the next 10 or 20 years. For more on these topics and other important questions about the economy and the markets for 2019, check out the latest edition of the CIBC Private Wealth Management's Advisor at privatewealth.us.cibc.com. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, and CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group, LLC, and the Private Wealth Division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. Contents expressed are current as of the date of this publication and may change without notice.